Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecaster here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, October 7, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Oh boy, we have a rope-a-dope on our hands. We have a lot to discuss again tonight. We're going to talk about the Trump shakeout. We're going to talk about a recocking of the gun. We're going to talk about higher or is this a fake out of the fake out. We're going to cover all this stuff by looking around the horn at a variety of different charts. There's a couple that stand out more than the rest. What jumps off the page on the daily chart? The first thing that might jump off the page is the line running across at 338.50. That might sound familiar. It is familiar. It was important before. It's still important, and it was important today. In fact, what we're going to see is, right from the get-go, that was our bogey. We're going to see it from inside the numbers. Opening above or getting above that number gave the bulls the bull until and unless they got below. That was a pretty good line in the sand that we needed to know. What else stands out on the daily chart? And if this sounds repetitive, it is, but it's for a reason. The reason is because the more you hear it, the more you'll believe it. The market's in an uptrend because we're above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend until it's over. The trend can take a pause. The trend on the daily chart can be over for a while, but when we're back above all the moving averages, you have to respect the current trend. Just as a refresher, on the weekly chart, we're above all the moving averages. All we did was come back to do what? Check in at home base a couple of weeks ago. That's it. How about this one? Have you ever heard this before? Markets don't like to get too far away from home base. When they do, they have a tendency to either come back to home base or run sideways for a while and let home base creep back up to price or a combination of both. Therefore, we shouldn't be surprised when the market reverts back to home base. Home base is like a safe space. And don't misunderstand, I'm not in the safe space camp. I'm not in the every kid gets a trophy camp. For me, there are winners and losers, period, full stop. In life, we have to both learn how to win and lose. They both have their lessons and we can grow from both experiences. Are they going higher? That's the $64,000 question. Let's get it answered, or at least, if for nothing else, let's at least peer around the horn and see if we can't get some traction on that answer. Daily chart, we know about the trend. That's fine. The trend is up. Therefore, we shouldn't be surprised to see the market push higher, but we have to peel back the onion. We have to go down a stage or two and see what the other charts are telling us. Let's walk down the steps one at a time. The 240-minute chart, is it telling us anything different? You see the convergence of moving averages underneath price. We had the one dip below from yesterday, right back up. We're above 338.50. The trend is your friend. They're trying to get through this former breakdown area that's had some fits and starts, but they're back up here again. Above yesterday's high is obviously the hurdle. 120-minute chart, same routine, building some energy to try and get through yesterday's high where the breakdown occurred. The tweet, whatever the reason was, whether it was a number, whether it was a tweet, 
whether it was a fat finger, it doesn't matter. Whatever the reason was that the market went down, whatever the excuse was, we don't really care. What the market does now is important to us, and what it appears to be is still hanging around the former highs from yesterday is essentially evidence that they're beginning to build energy to bust through yesterday's high. What takes that off the table? Below 338.50. First on some shorter term candle closes, and then an hourly close below 338.50, and all that northern stuff gets put on hold. It's off the table until and unless the market remains above 338.50. That's our bogey. That's our line in the sand about the hourly chart? Is it telling us anything different? Well, it's telling us a little bit different. It's the same routine about hanging around the highs, maybe building some energy to bust through tomorrow. However, if you've taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, then you should look at this chart and you should recognize that the market just gave you what I like to call a full stack. Now, it did it into the end of the day, but that's not the point. The point is what actually happened and what we can learn from and take away from the market's actions so that we can use them to our advantage later. There's some stuff on this chart that happened today, right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. It made a low. It put in a high on time. It gave you the signal or a sign of a trend change. It did it at an important spot. Guess what? You have the makings of a full stack, and therefore, we should not be surprised to see a pullback leading into Thursday morning session or potentially longer. How do they take that off the table right away? Well, they can gap above yesterday's high on Thursday. We're talking about this number right here, 342.17. Gapping above that tomorrow could potentially be a gap and go. And it also takes the full stack thing off the table for tomorrow. But nevertheless, what you have is something that's pulled right out of the course, taught in detail, lazy e-mini trader, you have on your hands, on the chart from today, a full stack. For those of you wondering, by the way, in the course, I don't call it a full stack. I kind of thought of that after the fact. I've been calling it a full stack. What we have is several things that line up The more things you have that line up as signals of where a market could potentially make a turn, the more the odds are leaning in your favor that it's going to be right. Since we're in the risk business, that's the way this business works. When the odds are in your favor and the risk reward is in your favor, when you're in the risk business, you put on risk. Now, just to reiterate, am I putting on risk, even seeing what I saw at the end of the day with the potential for a gap up tomorrow? No, I'm not. Why is that? Look what happened from last night leading into this morning. We had a debacle on our hands. I'm sure there were a lot of traders that were issued a conveyor belt of pies in the face this morning because they shorted the market yesterday afternoon. They did it with likely weekly options. And what happened? The volatility got sucked out today. Their thetas, betas, gammas, all that stuff went right down a turlet. Hence, the design of the weekly option is to screw over as many traders and investors as possible as much of the time as possible. I've said that before. Nobody should be surprised. 
What about inside the numbers? The market was rather quiet today. It was more of a grinding higher type of day. However, let's go over what happened inside the numbers. I want you to understand the commentary. I want you to understand where you need a tour guide, where you need the numbers, and what inside the numbers can provide for you. So let's check out the pre-market commentary first. It's hump day. It's Wednesday. Wake up to a bouncing cat. So the market was up a little bit at the time. It's getting the proverbial dead cat bounce. They were basically back in the zone of where they were Monday. They do this kind of thing all the time, don't they? They, they do. We talk about it all the time. And then once again, we had a thin list of stocks on the move as a result of the gap higher, the floating type of market. It takes away the stocks that may be trading into support. You want to buy the stocks trading into support as morning opportunities when the trend is in your favor in the upward direction because more often than not, the stocks are headed to a quick destination down south, turn around and go back in the other direction, especially when the market is up on the day. Moving right along, let's see what we got. We'll come back to stocks on the move. The early thoughts, let's cut right to the chase. They're climbing a breakdown candle. So right out of the chute, early on, long before the market opens, just setting up the day, putting the important information into your mind. So think about what happened today after the fact and think about what I'm putting on the board at like 7 o'clock in the morning. And here you go, right out of the chute. If we look back on the chart this week, it says 338.50. Remember that. That's the full-on repair job. We're aware of where the repair job is complete long before the market opens for business. How many traders were thinking they're going to bounce the market and then they're going to kill it again? No trader that was aware of 338.50. You know the routine, 10-minute chart, right of the vertical, today's activity, 338.50 is the horizontal across the screen. There's the opening print right below. They run right up couple of tests of 338.50. Check this one out. We're going to come back to this one. Here's the low of 338.51. You think they're playing around? I don't think so. Put this in perspective. No matter what's happening before the opening bell, you're armed with the number moving right along. Now, again, before the opening bell, 921, we'll let them go for a while. After all, we don't know what's going to happen when they open the market. We're prepared with the information, but we don't know what's going to happen. We know what to do based on certain things that happen. If they get above 338.50 and stay there, guess what? We know it's bullish. How do we know that? Because that was the repair job. So right out of the gate, what we're saying is, could be magnetic and resistance. They could have rejected 338.50 just as easily as gotten over it. Again, we don't know which one is going to happen before the opening bell. And then you also see, again, before the opening bell, if they bust through, the door opens to the big fat round number of 340. It's the gateway. The gateway was 338.50. Know thy numbers. Moving along. 935. DraftKing did the deal in the pre-market and didn't come back to do it again. They came back later, but that was early on, and they started to trade away. They came too close already, so it's off the table for this trader. That was the kiss of death. I was hoping they would do it after the open, but hope is not a strategy, so we move on. Back to the SPY. Staying above 338.50 is bullish and keeps the door open for the fat number of 340 below and we'll see some chop shop well they didn't get below so we don't have to worry about that now already at 9:45, we have to be thinking in terms of a mid-morning pivot 
not mid-morning at 9.45. We're just, again, preparing for what might happen. What's the spot? The big fat round number. Now, what happened after the fact is they didn't do it fast enough. So as we scroll up, what you'll see is no change. 3.40 sooner than later should be overhead resistance. If they eat time off the clock for a few hours, that's not it. It's sooner like in the next 15-minute candle or two. Remember, time is more important than price. More stuff about uh, 3.40 at 10 o'clock, not important. So they came up short. So there was resistance up there. They just didn't get high enough for me to take a trade. Where are they? Back at 3.38.50, running a test. Just so we can put in perspective what happened, here's that high around 10 o'clock at 3.39.51. And then after that, they ran a test of 338.50, 10.15, 10.20, and there you have it. 10.12, do you know Murphy? Because I mentioned that DraftKings came too close, and only because I mentioned it, the trade worked anyway. Of course it did. And oh, by the way, I know many of you took the trade anyway. Since we're discussing it, here was the short list of stocks on the move. DraftKings was the only one that hit its number. And remember, we're going to start to get into earnings season first now in the next couple of days. So the trades are going to come fast and furious. Put your seatbelt on. Since we talked about it so much, we might as well go out of order. And DraftKings, the number on the board was 52.30. The low of day happens to be 52.20. They took off to the northern side and the high was 54.69 over here. Or what was that number? 55.69, 54.69. I can't get my numbers straight. Either way, you get the point. But also what happened was they did it in the pre-market and then in this candle, the low was 52.60. If you have a question like, I'm not sure whether it was too short, was it too close or do we still have a chance? If there's a question, if you're questioning the trade, then it's off the table. Not to say it won't work anyway. We just love the ones that come straight into the number, the ones that bounce around and give you the deal. That's the problem. The high over here in this candle was 54.20. So they bounced away doing the deal. The minimum requirement is around 1%. When you get the 1% by pulling up short first, it really takes it off the table, painting by the numbers. Again, not to say it won't work, and you see it did work. It's just not going to do it for me. We had a trade in DraftKings yesterday on the board again today. It's moving in the pre-market. As long as I can pick a number in the pre-market, it's going to go on the board. You ever wonder, here's a stock that closed around 57 bucks the day before. It's trading down pretty hard in the pre-market. Here's a number right out of the sky at 52.30. They pull up at 52.20 and turn around and go back in the other direction. How does that exactly work? It's pretty remarkable, isn't it? I think it's just as unbelievable. Let's get back to the commentary. Also... Go back to the charts and double check the work. When you see some commentary, pause the video. Go double check the numbers. 1017, again, staying above 338.50 on hourly closes is more bullish position for the market. Yada, yada, yada. We're moving along. Here's the storyline at present. The door is open for 340 still. On a spike through, 340.50, give or take. The short trade from earlier is not the same trade. There's still overhead resistance up there. The later the morning goes on, the lighter the volume gets, and the less attractive shorting the market becomes under those conditions. Hashtag my way. There's nothing worse than sitting in a short trade in the middle of the day when there's a void of sellers in the market, and every time there's a downtick or two, they float it right back up. 
I'd rather avoid those conditions. Moving right along. At this point, we'll scroll up a little quicker. You can pause the video and read the notes and then go back to the chart and double check the work. You see here, 338.50. As long as they're above there, they're gonna reach 340. If they get above 340, we have another number, 340.50, and then we had 341. They were obviously all hit, but that was the schematic of the day. If I can read the market and the market's given us something, I'm gonna give it back to the crowd inside the numbers. About 12.32, if you didn't believe 338.50 was important before, you're likely a believer at present. Right before the end of the hour, 12.30 p.m., they ran a test and made a low of what? 338.51, that was the one I pointed out before. Then they took off back up north. And then, of course, how do you like them apples? All kidding aside, that's a test. There's your candle running a test of 338.50. They went down very quickly, and they went back up very quickly. This is all in a five-minute candle, and they got out of there in a hurry. This is absolutely the definition of running a test. It further confirms the number is the number. Pretty simple from here. Above 338.50, and they're building energy to get over 340. They did that. We're moving along. You can pause the video, go back to the charts, see what happened anytime you like. You know the routine. All the numbers are on the board. You saw what happened in the market today. We knew what the game was once they got above 338.50. I'm sure there were a lot of traders out there that were trying to short the market until the morning was over and then they finally gave up and saw that it wasn't going to happen. What about Camp IWM? Right back up today, up 2.36%, my favorite market leading indicator. Guess what? Yesterday was the fake out slash rope-a-dope, aka shakeout operation. Here's the weekly chart. What are they doing? They're going to test this breakdown candle high. Now, they've already done that, and we've talked about this already a number of times. So if they get above this, they may stop temporarily at the breakdown candle high, but if they get over and close the week over this candle, guess what? They're going to want to go fill the gap and potentially go higher. We don't need to know that now, but that's the setup on the weekly chart. This is not a bearish chart. Don't look for this thing to collapse. Below the moving averages on a weekly close, different tune. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. Uptrend, trend is your friend, nothing wrong with this tape. Remember we took a look at this yesterday and it wasn't down as much as the SPY and we know about the top heavy and the SPY and the broader index in the RSP. This is the equal weight index. Guess what? Outpaced the SPY on the upside today. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. How about the folks down at the transportation department? We talked about this last night too. As long as they stayed above all the moving averages, there was nothing wrong with this market. Huge day today, up 2.5%. Favorite canary in the coal mine, second favorite market leading indicator. Transports powering forward. Favorite canary in the coal mine. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Up almost 5 bucks today, above all the moving averages. One day wonder yesterday, little bit of a rope-a-dope. Right back to business, building energy above the moving averages to make another push higher. Get back below, different story, different sheet of music. We're running through these markets kind of quickly because the tune is the same. We don't need to spend a lot of time harping on the same thing chart after chart. XLF, basically where we were yesterday, made a higher high yesterday 
exited the trade. So I'm not really interested in this any longer from a trading perspective. Just telling you that if they go sideways for a while, they'll be building energy to run through up above the 200 period moving average. And we've talked about this before in the past. It's worth bringing it back up today. There's a secondary reason why the financials are getting a boost. And when I say secondary, because the first reason is there's more buyers than sellers. The second reason is the bond market. Here's an example. Here's the TLT. So this has treasury bonds inside of it. It's an exchange-traded fund, and it has the 20-plus-year treasury bonds in it. So more longer-term bonds. So this will trade opposite of the yield. So bond price is down, yield price is up. So if the bond prices have been down, which they are, that means that yields have been up, which they are. Here's the flip side. Here's the 30-year treasury interest rate. And here's the 10-year interest rate, trying to scream its way all the way back up to 1%. The reason why we pay attention to that is because there's built-in profitability when interest rates rise for the banks. So let's just say that you have a variable interest rate and that your rate just went up because the interest rates went up. Well, the bank gets more money right to the bottom line. They didn't do anything different. Your rate went up, you pay more, goes right to their bottom line. They borrow money at X, they take in money at Y, they get the spread. When they take in Y plus because you paid plus, then they get the extra plus, they get the extra spread right to the bottom line. Rise in interest rates benefits banks to a point. Rise in interest rates too high too fast will crater the economy. We know all that. About Smash Mouth, they still have yet to fill this gap. It's three pennies away. They had an opportunity today. They chose not to do it for whatever the reason. No accidents or coincidences. Maybe they'll gap above the gap. But coming up three pennies short is by choice, not because they missed it. Not because they were short like one buyer. That's not the way it works. There are no coincidences. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible in any way, shape, or form that is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.